episode 140. Bonus edition, interview with Casey Morris. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. This is Gretchen from Always a Lesson back for another episode, hoping to empower you to continue reaching your potential. As you know, I refer to you as an elite educator because I truly think that that term describes someone who takes time out of their day to continuously learn and hone their craft. And so all of you listening today are elite educators. Well, today is a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and your potential by learning from another elite educator named Casey Morris. She has got quite an empowering message, and I can't wait to share that with you. But first, let me tell you more about her. So Casey is a teacher by day and curriculum designer by night. She develops quality resources for teachers in grades K-2, 3, 5, and 6 through 8. She has a bachelor's degree in early childhood education, a master's degree in instructional technology, and a specialist degree in educational leadership. Casey has a passion for life and thinks that beauty lies within the simple things. In fact, her philosophy is that simplicity is where the magic happens. She thrives on student relationships and rigorous instruction. And in fact, her catchphrase is, let's teach on less, love a little more, and change the world one child at a time. It's time to bring teaching back to the basics. Casey has had the privilege of working with Amazon during their back-to-school season as a live television host on Amazon Live. And in addition to that, she also worked with Georgia Public Television and the Georgia Department of Education. So Casey definitely knows her stuff and absolutely loves education and helping teachers. So tune in to our conversation. Well, hey, Casey, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hey, thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm super excited to be here today. Well, elite educators around the world are just eager to learn from you. So I'm going to jump right into it if you don't mind. Yeah, let's go ahead and get started. So explain to the listeners how our paths have crossed. So we kind of got connected through social media, which is a you know great way that teachers get connected anyways, is we kind of share our lives together. And that just let our paths cross one another. We found out we had a lot in common based on, you know, our interest. And it's been really nice getting to know you. Yeah, I absolutely had such a good time. I found Casey, I think on Instagram to start, and she had some video where she was invited to New York City. What was that for again? Yeah, I got invited to New York City by Amazon, which was a crazy experience. (laughs) And Casey's really big on like videos and Instagram stories and whatever. And so I hadn't heard of her before. Sorry, no offense. And I was watching the first video and I was dying laughing. Uh, She and her mom had went together and they were just cutting up, having a good old time. Like just like they had never been there, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) she's taking you behind the scenes and oh my gosh, it was so enjoyable. So then I just binge watched, found the rest of her videos, I guess it was on YouTube or something and, um, had to message her. I was like, you are hilarious. Thank you so much for, you know, just being you and whatever. And so we just got chatting and 
I invited her on the podcast, and we had actually recorded this episode a few months back over a holiday break. I can't remember what it was, and I was out of town at someone else's house, and they had this dog that was barking, and then as soon as the <laughs> recording ended, I my computer froze, and so now I'm freaking out. I'm trying to like put on a nice face for our, all this company of my husband's family, and I'm freaking out on the inside, and we just kept sneaking back into the office I was sitting in trying to see, did the computer come back alive? Like, is the file still there? Are we going to be okay? And I was like, oh my God, how could this happen? And so Casey was just so sweet, and it's like, it's fine, we'll re-record, and so We'll talk about this a little later in the show, but her life has changed a little bit, and she had some extra time, so she was willing to come back on. So thank you again, and I apologize, everyone else. This is my public announcement and apology, (laughs) but I'm glad we got to do this again. Hey, life happens, you know, and I, I love being a part of podcasts, so I'm eager to be back on the show. Well, good. So fill us in, walk us through what grade levels have you taught, and what are you currently doing now? Okay, I have a very wide range of (laughs) experience. I began my journey in kindergarten, of all places. I have a degree in early childhood education, and I began my journey in kindergarten, and I also taught first grade. And in those years, I realized really quick that I, you know, I had small children at home, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to juggle you know, time and life. And I just, I don't don't know, it just didn't feel right at the time. So I decided to take a shot at middle school and I taught middle school for six years. I taught sixth grade for three years and eighth grade for three years. And it's been a really fun journey in education. I've got my master's degree in IT and I also just recently finished my uh, ed specialist degree in educational leadership. You literally have done it all. I mean, you went from both (laughs) ends of the spectrum. Holy cow. It's funny. People ask me, they're like, okay, well, you know, you create resources for younger children. I'm like, well, my degree is actually in early childhood education and I'm very passionate about teaching, you know, little ones. But at the time it just wasn't right because I had little ones at home and I just really needed that work life balance. Mm. So you feel like teaching a different grade than the age you had at home was helpful. Yes, totally. Because I would read to my kids, my kindergartners, and we would play all day. And then when I got home, you know, the things that I should do as a mom, like read to my kids and play, I was just so worn out that Mm -hmm. I wasn't giving my kids the time that they deserved. That's great. I think some folks listening are going to think that that might be a great idea. And so thinking about how you made that transition, you, I guess, had to go back and get a different certification to be able to jump to that different grade level. Yeah, I did. We back when I was trying to get a job was when we were going through the recession. Everything, mm-hmm. you know, was just trying. It was really difficult to get a job as a teacher as well. And so I wanted to make sure that I had, you know, I wanted everything to be as broad as possible. So one summer, I just went and took a bunch of GACE tests. And I've always been passionate about English and language arts, so I just went ahead and took a few GACE tests, and I passed them. So that way. Back then, you could just take a GACE test, and you were certified to teach. Now, I think it's a little bit more difficult, but back then, you could just take the test, and if you passed, you were certified. Oh, that's awesome. What was that time frame of, like, having to apply for the test, take the test, find the results, and get employment? Well, back then, it took about six weeks before all that. Now, it's instant. If you take the test, it's on a computer, and it gives you you your score, so that's really helpful, but back then, everything was pen and paper, so we had to write the essay, and it had to be graded manually and all that kind of stuff, so um, I started like in May, and then I found out I got my job probably about two weeks before school started. Oh, gosh. (laughs) That's you know, crazy. that's what we do as teachers. We just mold and we just go with it. <laughs> you do. Flexibility is the name of the game. You got to be ready to jump in at a moment's notice. That's right. 
So thinking about the different grade levels that you've taught and just your passion as an educator, what would you say is like the best lesson you have learned in one of your roles as a teacher? I think the best lesson, I've had this lesson for a while and I keep thinking I'm going to find a better one, but this has just been the one that has stood out to me the most is as teachers, we love those aha moments. We love when we find a moment with our students that changes it for them and for us. And I had one of those with interactive notebooks. I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with them. And Mm -hmm. it's just, if you're not, it's just a way to incorporate learning in a better kinesthetic way and to have children take notes on foldables and flaps. And it can range from kindergarten through high school. And I had just started interactive notebooks and I honestly thought that they were not worth it. They were not going to be something that I wanted to use. They were too time consuming. I was just not, I didn't feel like learning was really going to get any better because I was using these notebooks. And I had a quiz that day for my students and like this light bulb just went off because one of my students came up to me and she said, Miss Morris, I can't remember. And we were learning about subordinating conjunctions at the time, Ooh, which is crazy. <laughs> I know. Yeah, sixth graders learning about subordinating conjunctions. And she said, I cannot remember what this is. And I told her, I said, I don't blame you. That's a really difficult term, but I, I can't give you the answers because this is a quiz. But if you'll just take a look at our, if you'll think about our foldable that we did, it was a blue flower foldable. And in that moment, the child said, oh, my goodness, that is I know exactly what it is. And she ended up making an A on the quiz. Oh, awesome. And that was like a lesson for me as a teacher that even though there's going to be times where I feel like I'm stressed and there's too much work going into it and I don't feel like it's beneficial. When I realized that it was really beneficial to the student, I kind of had to readjust the way that I taught things. Yeah. And thinking about I'm like type A and want organization and I'm just thinking kids are cutting and gluing and like, oh, my God, a mess. <laughs> so how how did you overcome kind of that control of neatness and just, I guess, efficiency? Yes, that is totally the stress that came about. My, my room has to be clean. There's so many, you know, my rows have to be certain way. I'm very, you know, OCD about the way that my room looks. Mm-hmm. And that was something but I'm also a laid back person. So I tried to just take into what the kids wanted. So I ended up in order to manage all of that, I really had to delegate and give duties and responsibilities to the student. Okay. You know, here's your job. This is what you're going to do. You're going to be the glue person. You're the tape person. You're the cleaner. Mm. You know, you're the person that's going to grab the trash can. And children love those types of responsibilities, yeah. whether they're in kindergarten being the line leader or, you know, a middle school student. So it was really, you know, that was one way that I overcame and I had to kind of let go a little bit and tell myself that at the end of the day, we really could clean up and do, you know, get everything back in order. And so in thinking about characteristics that make educators great, would you say, I know you mentioned flexibility before is great, um, empowering students. I mean, what would be a characteristic you would say, okay, that makes a great teacher? I have said this from the beginning and I wholeheartedly believe it, but this is going to sound silly. It's not all the things you learn in school, but I think love makes the teacher the best teacher that they can be. You can walk in a room and if a teacher loves their students, then learning is going to happen undoubtedly. And I don't ever try to give any glitz and glam. I just genuinely loved my kids and they loved me. And in turn, we had a really good relationship that involved respect and generosity and all those kinds of things. So I think love makes a teacher a great teacher. That's good and a unique answer. So if someone says, okay, what are some actionable steps to put that into motion? Like how do I, if I don't have this instant connection with kids, how do I show 
that I love them and I want to be there for them? What would you say that they could try in their classroom? That's a great question because it's easy for me to say love. And then you know you go into your classroom and you're like, okay, I love you. Let's right. see how we can get learning to go. Right. <laughs> um, so being compassionate first and foremost and listening to the needs of the students, mm-hmm. you know, that really helps with classroom management. And if a teacher has really good classroom management, then they're going to be able to teach more of what they right. need to teach instead of trying to, you know, make sure everyone's quiet and everyone's seated. So, you know, step one is to make sure that classroom management is under control before you can really start letting your students know that you genuinely care about them and you want to know about them. But be um, considerate of their time and your time and make sure that they understand the respect for that. You know, here's during class when you have your time and here's when I have my time. I'm respectful Mm -hmm. of your time. So I ask in return that you be respectful of my time. And I always tell my kids that on day one, you know, when it's my time, you know, and they know, like I actually have a, I had a thing on my board that you could flip back and forth that said my time and your time. Oh, cool. And they knew that when the, the clip was moved and it was on my time, that everything that was going on in that moment was when they needed to be listening to what I had to say. Mm, I like that. So do you think uh, you have to be the teacher that spends their afternoons at their kids' soccer games and baseball games, or do you think you can build connections authentically within the time frame of a school day? I think you can. I think you can build it authentically, you know, in the time of the school day. It does help if you're able to do those things. As a mom of three boys, I was not always able to go to a basketball game or to a soccer game. I tried to as most as I could. So I would tell my kids, okay, make sure Miss Morris knows what you've got going on. And we had schedules on the board and Uh all the students would put their schedules up and they would highlight their games. And even if I couldn't be there, even if I couldn't be there, you know, for their big basketball game, I knew that that was the day I put the games in my Google calendar and I would say, you know, hey, so-and-so, I know you got a game today. Good luck. And just that little bit of a connection really helped build our relationships together, even if I couldn't be there at the big game. Well, and their self-concept, like you're taking time out of the curriculum to honor something they have going on outside of school. And I'm sure that they just really felt proud of themselves for being part of another team or that you cared enough to wish them luck. So I love that idea. I think so many times in today's world, too, kids don't get to be kids enough, and we forget about all that with standards Mm -hmm. and all the different things that go on. But I know that for my boys, I want them to still be kids. I want them to run, and I want them to play, and we forget about that a lot. So we need to make sure we honor all of those things that are important to kids, too. That's good. This podcast is geared to kind of a bunch of different types of teachers. We've got some that are new, some that are transitioning into different roles or in a distressed situation, maybe they might be losing their job. And then we've got teacher leaders. So if you could pick one group of those types of teachers to give just a piece of advice to, who would it be and what would you say? I would probably give it to the ones that are struggling, the ones that may be going through a transitional time in life, whether Mm -hmm. it be moving or finding a new job or realizing that a grade level is not right for them. Right. That I feel like you know in your heart if teaching is right or not. Mm -hmm. And if you genuinely believe that this is what you're supposed to do, then I hate to say it, this too shall pass and really focus on your plan for the next 12 weeks to the next year and try to focus on all the positive things because we can get buried in the emotional stress of being a teacher and the drama that goes on within a school building. (laughs) So it's really important that we focus on, you know, the future. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, Knowing that you're also helping other teachers, but you probably have your own mentors you look to who, who is it that you go to for advice? 
there are so many different people that I go to for advice, people that I don't, I feel like I know because of social media, but mm-hmm. I really don't know them. <laughs> so a lot of times I go and I will look at, you know, inspiring educators. Instagram is a wonderful place yes. to find inspiration. Although I will say, don't get caught up in, um, you know, what the classroom looks like and what you want your classroom to look like, because that can be a slippery slope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been in, I've been in that situation. And, but mentors for me have always been, um, somebody that has a lot of experience and somebody that's going to push me in a positive light. I thought at a time that a mentor was just a veteran teacher that I could go to and Uh I could confide in. But then I realized real quick that I needed to find somebody that was like-minded, even if they hadn't been teaching for 30 years, if they felt the same way that I did about my kids and they would be a great person for me to learn from. So I encourage teachers to go find somebody in your school that is similar to you and that treats their children the same way you treat your children and then look to them for advice. Yeah, I like that. Just because someone's assigned to you to be your mentor doesn't mean that they have to truly be that mentor for you. You can go out and find your own. And like you said, having um, a similar interest or just similar values or a perspective on education is helpful because they're further down the line, but they truly believe the same thing you do. And it's kind of like you're able to see yourself in a few years. And, and then you guys talk about action steps. So how do you make that happen? Um, so I think that's great advice. Do you have any mentors that are outside of education? I do. I talk to a lot of different people people through Teachers Pay Teachers, and we kind of keep each other accountable. And I know that you mentioned earlier in the podcast, I'm going through a transitional time in my Mm -hmm. life from the classroom. And it's important for me to find people who have a similar lifestyle to what I'm going through right now, because at times I feel like I don't have any friends anymore. So I look for somebody that, you know, has been a teacher and is going through what I've gone through. I speak, Shelly Reese is a wonderful, I don't know if you know her or not, but She is one of the most positive people I've ever met in my entire life. And when I need her, I can pick up the phone and she's always going to be there to lend, you know, an ear. And it's really nice. And I'm not sure if you know Jen Jen Jones. I feel like everyone knows Jen Jen Jones Mm -hmm. from Hello Literacy. She is a wonderful person to follow on Instagram if you don't already do that. But I cannot tell you how much she has transformed the way that I view things Mm -hmm. just because she found me when I was in California and was like, I want to introduce myself. I'm Jen Jones. And to me, I was thinking, oh, my God, I know know who you are. (laughs) Like, You want to introduce yourself to me? You know my name. (laughs) And that was like I had this whole mind shift of like what a mentor is. And since that day, she got my number. She texts me constantly and asks how things are going. So she's just a wonderful, wonderful person. I love that. You have a life mentor, like not just someone that's great in the classroom, but someone that's just a good human being is always great to have in your life. That is right. Yes. So in thinking about mentorship and just keeping up to date on what is hot right now, especially since you've stepped out of the classroom, how do you just keep up to date? Is it through Twitter and social media or do you read, you know, the latest trends in education? That's a great question, and it's one that I have to ask myself a lot. I've gone through a lot of different ways to make myself accountable because I think that people assume that they are up to date a lot of times. I've been in professional developments. People have been out of the classroom for five or ten years, and I've been the teacher along with my you know, other teachers looking at each other, and we're thinking to ourselves, they don't get it. Yeah. And I never want to be that person that's giving to professional development um, and teachers feel that way because mm-hmm. I've been in the I've been in their shoes. Um, have I had the opportunity to travel with SDE this summer, and I'm really excited about it. That and teacher heart out. So I want to make sure yeah. that I am very focused on 
today's trends in education. So one way I plan on doing that is by reading as much material as I can. And I have about 10 different books that I ordered from Amazon. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm just constantly going to be making sure that I'm staying up to date on what's going on. And I have tons of friends that are in the classroom, too. So if there's new things that are coming about, I'm just going to constantly, the conversation's always going to be, okay, what's new? What's different? Yeah. And how can I learn and make this better. Technology is the same way. We have to stay on top of things or we're going to get behind. And Google Classroom is one of those things that I always used. And I know that if I don't, Google's always going to evolve and uh-huh. I'm going to be left behind if I don't stay on top of things. Well, I like how you're reading to get the content of what the new things are, but then you're talking to your friends that are in the classroom, you know, in the trenches saying, okay, this is what it's really like. Um, Here's what's working, what's not working. And so I think the fact that you've got your hands in in both buckets is, is definitely great. I love that. Well, thank you. So we've come to the part where I'm excited for you to share. Okay, what's going on in your life? Fill us in. This is so exciting. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. I'm trying. I'm sorry. I keep like getting there. Every question, I feel like I'm getting to what's going on in life, (laughs) even though it's kind of a big secret. But um, back in the summer, I decided that I was going to pursue a passion of mine full time through Teachers Pay Teachers. I've had the opportunity and been very blessed to do, you know, create curriculum and resources for teachers full time. So I finished teaching in December. My principal asked that I stay, you know, just until the end of December. And I agreed. And I now have an actual office where I create curriculum full time. And I am a professional development slash motivational speaker for teachers now. I mentioned SDE, which is, you know, owned by Scholastic. And I also be working for Teacher Heart Out, which is super exciting if you have not if you have not checked them out on Instagram, then stop what you're doing. Well, don't stop the podcast. But after <laughs> the podcast, stop what you're doing and go check them out. That is so exciting. And I think a lot of teachers listening are like, oh, my God, I want to do that one day. Because it is exciting to take everything you've learned over all of these years and now pour into other teachers in a way that you couldn't before because you were full-time with students and you weren't able to do as much as you had liked. So thinking about your journey and how this all evolved, what advice would you give to someone that's like, I want to do exactly what she's doing right now? The answer is yes. And Mm -hmm. I have been in their shoes. I have struggled financially and I've struggled with making sure that every, every one of my family's needs were met. And it was like all of a sudden, I don't know, the clouds just opened and like, here was this answer and it was teachers pay teachers. And I fell in love with it. And it was like every single door just opened all at one time. My husband became a principal. My TPT store took off. And then little by little through YouTube and Instagram, you know, Amazon contacted me and then teacher heart out contacted me and then Scholastic reached out. And it's just like every Everything happened the, the way that I couldn't have planned it any better right. than it's happened. And I want to tell those teachers who, you know, you've got new babies and maybe your teaching salary doesn't feel like it's enough at the time and you want you want more. You want to you want to go do other things. And the answer is yes, you can do anything you want to do. My I believe this 110 percent. You can be whoever you want to be. You just have to work as hard as you can for mm-hmm. it. And I don't want you to think it's just going to fall in your lap. Right. Because it may seem like it did that way. But there have been countless hours and nights without sleep and 
40 hours plus a week for a year just to make sure that this dream could happen. But now that it's here, my first day was actually Tuesday, which was only a few days ago. And I cried like 10 times. And my husband was like, are you sad? I said, no, I'm just so happy. Like I never thought this would be my life. It's such a blessing when you have been working so hard for so long and you're not sure where your path is going to lead. You don't know how all these experiences are going to add up. You feel like, okay, the track I'm on is just not as fulfilling as I thought it was going to be. There's got to be something more. It's just not the right time. And then, like you said, one day it all just comes together in a way you couldn't have even planned yourself. And you're looking at yourself like, do I deserve this? Like, this is so exciting. I've worked so hard to get here. Um, And so it's really inspiring to know that it can happen, but also you got to put the time in. I mean, it definitely, I don't know, how many years would you say from the moment you started TPT to now that it took to really get to this type of um, platform where you could take the time and financially be okay to do it? It took a good two years before I realized that it was even a possibility. I don't want people to think that I started TPT and was, you know, killing it. Um, In the beginning, it was like, okay, I paid my Netflix bill this month. Uh And then there was another goal. Okay, I want to pay this this month. And you have to set goals. And I think me and you, we chatted about this briefly before the podcast, but always be reading or listening to material that makes you want to achieve more and setting small goals and big goals can really help with all that. Cause there is definitely, you can't think, okay, I want to start from nothing. And then I want to do all these things. Think to yourself, what's your goal at first? Mine was paying my Netflix bill, a small little goal of $8 and 99 cent. <laughs> and then my goals just got bigger and my dreams got bigger. And after that, it was like this snowball effect. So Start small. I started in 2013 and by 2015, my husband and I looked at each other and were like, this is it. This is this is it. And it was so. But I stayed in school. I got my degree in educational leadership because I wanted to know that if this didn't pan out, then okay, I can be a principal one day. I can follow my dreams in education as well. And it's always good to have plan B, C and D. Yes, that was really smart. And I like the fact that You knew that it was coming, but you were still kind of doing all the things in the background to keep other options available because you don't want to just be so laser focused and leave everything to the wayside that your dream just gets further and further away from you. That's right. My husband has been the best about all of that. He kind of keeps me level-headed because sometimes I have this dreamer mentality where (laughs) I think that, oh, yes, we're just going to go live in an RV and we're going to do all these things. And um, he he, like tries to bring me back down to reality. Like, okay, but this is what life's really like. So let's let's focus on all these other things first. (laughs) And let's talk about your business in terms of teaching on less is correct, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. And so with this brand that you've created, there's lots of different facets in terms of social media and the different resources you provide. And so someone might be like, whoa, this chick's got so much going on. I can't even conceive how I would do that. And I'm sure that also wasn't overnight. So walk us through how you probably went about all that. I've always been very passionate about helping educators and empowering educators, but I'm from the South and I have this very simplistic mindset of life should be easy. And I like to just be carefree about a lot of things. So for me, I was always just really stressed out as a teacher about all these different things. And I was like, no, this is, this is going to be easy. Let's figure out a way that we can make this easy. And that's kind of where teaching on less came from. 
And um, my little logo is this little camper. And I still aspire to live in an RV, mm-hmm. even though I'm doing all these things. I want my children to see the world. Yeah. And I want to just kind of, I don't know. And that's kind of where it all developed from with the with the sense of I want to empower educators and make their life as easy as it can be. Because I've been in the situation where I felt overloaded and I want them to know that they can teach on less. They can love their children a little bit more, and they can use these different resources to make sure that their classroom is the best classroom that it can be. So did you start blogging, and then that turned to resources, or which which came first? I didn't. I started resources first, okay. and then I, I've always thought about writing because I'm an English teacher, and I've always loved to write, but blogging, I just didn't have the time for it, okay. and I wanted to blog, but it was like not, there was no way in life I could squeeze that in. <laughs> And then one thing led to another, and I was finding myself really enjoying blogging. And I said, okay, well, I really need to do this like once a month. And then it's turned into twice a month. And now it's turned into once a week. And the feedback's been wonderful. And in turn, it kind of, you know, it, it one helps the other. So I'm blogging. People find out about me in my social media, and then they find out about my resources. And it just kind of, it's a lot of different things that have come together for this one big equation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which social media platform did you start first? I started with, you know, I I hated social media for a while. And in Facebook was like, oh, I hated Facebook (laughs) because I live in the South and my husband's a principal and people are nosy. So I was anti-Facebook, but I did start a, a business Facebook page and I had like 20 people liked it. And then Instagram was really when everything changed for me. I found out in Vegas, like in 2014, you need an Instagram. And it took a while. And I'll be honest with you, I'll say something else about Jen Jones this summer. She did an Instagram story with me and gave me a shout out. And it was literally overnight. I got... 5,000 new people that liked my, it was insane. I saw her the next day and I was like, Jen Jones, I owe you so much, you know, and it's just kind of been from there. It's just, it's just taken off. That is so cool. And it's a genuine connection. It's not like, okay, this chick has got a lot of followers. I'm going to be friends with Jen Jones and maybe she'll give me a like back. You know, it was like, I like this person. She's a mentor. How can we talk? And then because she enjoyed authentically who you were, she was willing to go to bat for you and suggest that to you. So I hope folks listening aren't going to think, okay, who are the big hitters and how can I be friends with them? It's like, no, let's let's try and, and just find out who's a good fit as a mentor and things will just happen. Yeah. And I think that that's really important. Don't, you can, you can look to someone and you can respect them for what they do. And you can be like, oh my gracious, she's got a hundred thousand Instagram followers. She must be awesome. And she probably is, but you can't go into it like, okay, I have to know this person and I'm going to do whatever it takes. You just need to be you just go up to them and tell them how much you appreciate them and be you. And one thing, you know, leads to another. And, it's just been, it's been crazy. It's been crazy. I'm happy for you. That's exciting. Um, one thing to ask, just kind of as we close things out, I like to embarrass my guests just a little bit and allow them <laughs> to think back to their all-star teacher moment. So what would that moment be for you? So my all-star teacher moment, the moment that I am the most proud of, I'm just kidding, <laughs> is when I went on my very first field trip with my first graders. And in my mind, I thought it was field trip time. We had our t-shirts, everything was awesome. And we were going to go to the zoo and it was going to be great. And we had a lot of parents that had volunteered to help. And, you know, of course you're going to give different chaperones, have these children. And at the end of the day, I was with about 
probably 11 of my students and me, and we went through the whole zoo. And it was the most stressful day of my entire life because I was scared to death that I was going to lose a child. (laughs) And I had all of their money because they all came with their money. So everyone wanted chicken nuggets. And then we had to get a (laughs) snow cone. And I got on the bus and all, all the teachers got together and they were like, oh, how was it? And I broke down and started crying. And my kids were on the bus and they were like, are you okay? And I was like, this was the most stressful day of my life. <laughs> Meanwhile, and it's their I, best day. <laughs> yeah, I cried the whole way. My husband and laughed so hard at me because I had two small babies at home. And he was like, um, babe, I thought you were really excited about the field trip. And I was like, it was the most stressful day of my whole life. <laughs> so all-star moments as a teacher don't have to be great and grand. They can sometimes be where you look back and you go, man, I thought I had it all together, but that I totally didn't. That is right. And hopefully that wasn't the moment that pushed you to go teach upper grades. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not, not at all. Not at all. Uh, well, I do want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I want to ask you one more question. And it's how do you reignite your passion and your potential as an educator? Yeah, because we get in those slumps, don't we? Where yes, we just kind of fall down. And there's always that one teacher that you love that's like really awesome. And then you know, they're not really good for making you stay passionate about your job. You love them and you want them to be all these different things, but they kind of pull you down. So there are definitely times where I have to reignite. And one way I tried to do that all the time as a teacher, which was listen to podcasts, which sounds so cliche. I realized that, but I, if I had any extra time where I wasn't in a meeting and I didn't have, you know, an IP, a 504, a faculty meeting, I would take my headphones and I would like walk out of the school building and walk around the school building Mm. and listen to a podcast. And who says we can't do that, right? Right. That's not, that's not against the law. And people, it was funny because people were like, well, you just walked out. And I'm like, (laughs) well, I've graded all my papers. I have all my grades in. You know, I did all these things, but it really reignited me. And I always tried to find podcasts that were, you know, education related, and it really helped keep me grounded. So that's a simple, easy way. And if you can't go out, if you don't have time on your commute to work every day, you can listen to a podcast to get reignited. But that's one way that I do that. And another way is self-care. And I know that everyone knows that that's important. But if I'm exercising, I'm being the best me I can be, even if I hate it. (laughs) And I have really worked so much better when I exercise. So there, there that is. (laughs) Great advice. Well, on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you so much for your time today. Tell us how we can connect with you. Yes, please do. You can find me on my blog at caseymorris.com. It's K-A-Y-S-E morris.com. And from there, you can find all my social media outlets. Instagram is a big one. I love to do Insta stories. I'm hot on YouTube as well and love to share some of my tips and tricks for educators. I do have a Facebook page. It's just facebook.com slash teaching on less. And if you can't remember my name, you can always type in teaching on less and all of my information will pop up that way as well. Excellent. Well, you heard it, Elite Educators. Start connecting with Casey today. Thank you again. Uh, We'll go ahead and chat soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Bye. Bye. Wow. Wasn't that an empowering message from Casey? I enjoy her so much. I think she's so much fun and brings just this unique energy to the profession. I think a lot of times we can get so serious with what we have to face every single day and our job as educators uh, is so important that sometimes that stress can eat at us. But she's really learned how to balance, you know, having that classroom structure, having the high expectations with rigorous instruction, 
but also just having fun and connecting with kids. And that's really where students blossom into their best selves through those relationships. I also love that she has taken her teaching talent, gone outside the classroom in multiple avenues and ways to really help more students because every teacher that she works with has their own group of students. And so now she's being able to really maximize her effect. And so I'm so excited for her and her journey. I'm so glad she took time out of her day twice (laughs) to meet with me because we had a hiccup with the first recording. Um, But I really hope that you found something in what she shared that is helpful to where you are right now in your teaching journey. Feel free to reach out to her. She is so humble and so easy to talk to that I just just know she will write you back as quickly as possible to help you in whatever it is that you need. Stay connected with her on social media. I've put any way to contact and connect with her in the show notes. Just go to alwaysalesson.com, click the podcast tab, and you'll see how to connect with her. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Casey Morris. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 